In the far future, faster-than-light travel is possible via portals called stiffworks. Human and alien civilizations travel this way for millennia. Trade, war, and technology proliferate. Countless societies rise, thrive, fall, and vanish. Eventually, almost everyone forgets the secrets of the stiffworks. Almost. 300 years ago, the worshipful company of Stillfleeters is formed on Spindle, a space station of unknown origin. They send fleeters into the void using stiffworks in search of profit. It is 100 million years in the future. Welcome to Float City. Previously on Float City, the crew is hired by their longtime employer, the Saffron Anox, to put an end to a trade deal on Terra between some upstart trade lord hot on the scene and the local council of a small municipality known as Kizik, or the Meadow Egg. In the Meadow Egg, they meet Cellar Door, a manted witness who is to be their guide. She explains that the manteds are superstitious, and if the crew can gain entry to the ceremony for the signing of the agreement and ruin it, however they see fit, that will permanently unseal the deal. How to gain entry, though? Cellar Door explains that specific and very rare pieces of Archaeotech serve as tickets, and she knows the location of the only remaining one, the Heart of Coombe, on a magistrate-class late Tefnian war machine ship deep in the black of space. We join the team now, having just heard a dispatch from the upstart trade lord, a vat gnome by the name of Brandish Tam, as they head to a location cellar door says will help them get to the coom. Cellar door opens her mantis eyes huge sort of globes of eyes wide. You don't like that guy? That guy ruled. Good looking, <laughs> a sense of humor. No one else? Nobody? <laughs> uh, uh, she rolls her eyes so hard and they're so big you can hear it uh, uh, from feet away. Goodness, how many times do you have to hear that? I'm sorry I said anything. Hachi machi. <laughs> <laughs> he does that constantly he's always making these announcements about the things that and they're so loud and <laughs> there's always fanfare it's just there hasn't been a moment of peace in this town since he's been between him shouting and the construction noises it's just oh i just uh, want things to get back to normal not your style i see i see I've met men like that before. They can't get enough of the sound of their own yeah, voice. Yeah, that's what it's I'm talking about. It's called showmanship. This is why I've been telling the Anox. You gotta get into this sort of stuff. Oh, working <laughs> from behind in the shadows, it's fun. There's no razzle-dazzle. Well, oh, razzle-dazzle's gonna get us killed someday. Uh, Some days, not today. As you guys are talking, uh, Cellar Door is walking to the edge of the clearing and then into the line of uncut razor grass that's on the opposite side of town from the side that you entered in 
and she is walking with purpose, so she knows uh, where she's going. Do you all follow? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she takes you into the razor grass. Uh, you don't know how long you're going to walk for, but she didn't seem to indicate it was going to be too long of a walk. As we're walking, BC kind of like pauses at the side a little bit, letting people go ahead of her. And she takes out of her pocket what looks like a white egg-shaped like object. And does this have a button on it, Mike? No, it just knows. It just knows. <laughs> um, and she kind of, she goes, hello, um, TCE. And you hear a series of chimes that sounds like a expensive Japanese washing machine. <laughs> <laughs> ah, there you are. Listen, we're headed to what I believe to be a late Tefnian warship. And I just really don't want to be looking just like out of place. You know what I'm talking about. So if we could just fix up, you know, give me some hair. Can't really fix up my hair, but maybe give me some hair. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a little makeup or a little shine to my shiny face. (laughs) I just really, we don't know who we're going to run into, who I might see, who I might know. What do you think? I think I have just the thing. Would you like to enter me now? Of course. And the egg expands wetly into a large sort of bipedal uh, (laughs) automaton shaped. uh, And in the back, in the rear of it, uh, of course, there's an open door and sort of these four levitating gel-like shapes turn into hard steps. You may enter. BC enters in like it's nothing. Like she's done it one million times before. And there's beautiful spa music playing inside. Beta mm. combat abound and a lively celestial excursions. It's wonderful to see you again. Oh, you don't know how much I need this. I don't. <laughs> Would you like me to? And you feel something brush up against the back of your neck. Uh, and it's like a bundle of fiber optic cables. Oh, please. Thinking now. Millions of little fiber optic wires go through all these little weird pores in the back of your head uh, and begin to sort of, you know, mesh with your uh, neurological network, the the shapes within beta combat, the pathways. You know the the extremely weird feeling that you get uh, when you give a large vial of blood and you're like, ooh, Mm. liquid is leaving my body through a different way. Mm. It's like that, except memories. Oh, I see it as kind of like if anyone has gotten a pedicure and you go in the salon chair that has the uh, massage machine. Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's what it's like for me. Now I know how you feel, and I think I have just the thing: tactical, strategic, eye-catching, but casual. How does this feel? And the large thing that you're inside of shrinks wetly down (laughs) onto your body and sort of ripples into a new skin. Can I see? Of course. A floating, like, mirror just appears in front of you, a sort of oval of liquid metal. You see yourself perfectly. Although you can tell it's a little slimming, like a (laughs) JCPenney's in-store mirror. It's a little slimming. As it should be. Uh, Beta is kind of turning around to look at her butt, uh, seeing how she looks. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? Is it too much? Too much? Never. Uh, 
would you like too much? Sure. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> the planet explodes. <laughs> Guess that's the end of our story. Explodes in makeup powder. Trade Lord taken care of. Yay. Very satisfying arc. You feel the weight added to your neck and shoulder area, and you see in the mirror that one more accessory has been added a beautiful chunky necklace. Ooh. You always know just the piece that's going to bring it all together. I love it, TCE. Your best work yet. Thank you. We aim to please. And with that, BC steps out of TCE. When BC emerges, what does everyone see? Um, yeah, that's, that, that's a great question. <laughs> it's a jumpsuit. Yes. Um, no one's seen a leopard before, but it is leopard print. <laughs> uh, <laughs> What is this amazing pattern? <laughs> yeah. Is it like black on black leopard print? Ooh. Yes, very shiny. Okay. And these uh, kind of cuffs that are bracelets that look like they could be functional, but I know they, they're just decoration. Ooh. And a little bit of a pop of a lip, which is interesting because mm. Beta does not have lips. <laughs> <laughs> no face. The chunky necklace. <laughs> It's full of different pressurized gases in case you find yourself in a vacuum environment. Oh, nice. Ooh, and that is useful. That's actually useful. What does your hair look like? Again, the, a hair was placed on top of my head because I do not normally yeah, have your new hair. hair. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a really smart bob. It's like a sleek, Ooh. smart bob. Ooh. On a scale from one to Anna Wintour. <laughs> Ooh, it's like pretty Anna Wintour, but it is, it's not blonde. It's, it's dark. Hot. So Shannon, as discussed, um, there is a cost to changing your appearance. Mm-hmm. And that cost is uh, directly proportional to the degree of change. <laughs> yeah. uh, and that, that cost is in grit. And I'm going to say that this is, as you have described it, pretty surface level. Like these are cosmetic changes. So I'm going to mm-hmm. say that this only costs you two grit. Wonderful. Worth it. Yeah. And we talked about the more drastic a change, the more unstable it is. And so you would have a sense of like, if it's very different, that like you could change back to your previous appearance at any time. I think that you have a sense now having stepped out of TCE that this will last for the foreseeable future. You do not have to worry about reverting to your former appearance anytime soon. Wonderful. All right. Everybody continues through the razor grass. Yes. Mm -hmm. The Manted Witness leads the team through a homogenous, expansive thicket of razor grass, over which none of them can see. They step, eventually, onto sodden ground, and here, when Cellar Door parts a line of grass with her four arms, the rush of a creek. They follow the creek for half a mile, only the tip of Chiswick's center egg visible from this distance poking over the hills of green, though Brandish Tam's constructions continue to loom. Cellar door steps, then, without warning, into the rushing water. The team follows, Oat hopping from rock to rock, team member to team member, trying not to get swept along in the current. BC tries her best, 
to not soak her new fit. Along their walk, the banks of the creek rise, and now tower above them. Sheer rock faces, atop which balances a narrow ceiling of blue. Cellar door enters a gap in the stone abruptly and cracks a sunrod. A wide and tall, shallow room. At its far end, an inky black surface, bordered in red tile mosaic. A stiff works. An unbeaten path on an unbeaten path. I don't think, no, nobody knows that this is here other than me and a few other people. Uh, and it's, it's just, it's so much more private uh, than the silo that you came from. And I think, uh, I mean, I don't really know how to read these, but I, I think it gets us a little bit easier to the place we have to go than the other ones. She uh, hands uh, Marcus the tack map, if she hasn't already, um, and says, uh, I don't, um, I think you probably know what to do from here, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He puts a, a Bulba's hand up because uh, he's uh, reading and... Uh, oh, yeah. And it's like the tack map is like sort of disorganized and like out of order. It's like, you know, someone's scrawled, like hard to read handwriting on an old map that's been folded too many times, um, except, you know, extremely complicated engineering documents. Yeah, how how well can Marcus comprehend this? I think that Marcus probably feels an amount of earned confidence that he can get everybody where they need to go, but that this is, this could be easier. Hmm. (laughs) And what kind of stiff work is it? So you are standing in front of a provincial stiff works uh, and the tack map uh, that you are looking at, and I think this probably accounts for some of the complexity and some of the like confusing figures and like strange calculations. You are going to a Tefnian Stiffworks. Oh, yeah. Mercus is turning the map, you know, uh, over and over again and kind of origami folds it so it makes more sense to him. He's just uh, <laughs> one minute, one minute. It's going to take me a minute. Uh, yeah, your notes are uh, quite sporadic. He slaps a hand onto the stiff work, and it should just be like any other stiff work. Really, really, really. And he goes, yeah, okay, yeah. I think I got it. I think I got it. And uh, so he burns two uh, to get out, but also is going to burn additional three uh, before rolling reason to just get three. And he's going to roll a d12. Yeah, Mercus is sort of struggling and furrowing his non-eyebrows. Uh, <laughs> and his, his mohawk is spinning a little faster because he's thinking harder. Uh, and he just barely squeaks by with a six. Cellar door, again, has the folio out and is scribbling notes, looking at you wide-eyed in amazement. And, like, turns to BC or whoever's standing closest and is like, I just, I can't believe that they can just do this with their minds the banshee is just this this is what i mean this is probably normal to you right like this you just see this all the time and you feel the temperature change you know you feel the atmosphere uh change a little bit he's like after you all and venus walks briskly forward into the darkness remy follows closely behind as does bc 
and scanning behind us for any posterior threats. <laughs> Clear, out's job's done. <laughs> Goodbye, planet. Hello, unknown. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everybody. Every Jetly, every Goo, every Dimension. It's me, Jen, your local Stillfleet influencer. I love this game so much that I got a baby axolotl tattooed on my arm. It's like a baby Mercus. I'm here to tell you about Kadita, a spy-filled Stillfleet gazetteer on Kickstarter. Authored by Ian Dirk, Kadita is a new 100-page setting source book for Stillfleet. It takes the far, far future setting of Stillfleet, its grist system, and adds intrigue like secret codes and sleeper agents, and maybe some <gasps> spycraft? Kadita features four new playable spy-themed character classes. You can also play as an unhuman. It's got an entirely new espionage advanced powers list and at least one full venture to pull your table into webs of intrigue right away. Plus, powerful and wacky archaea tech that you're going to find along the way. What happens when a rival organization, the anarchic honorable company, finally takes power from the worshipful Co? Can half of a domed city on a dwarf planet survive alone? Is free Kadita slipping into authoritarianism? Or is that just more worshipful co-propaganda? Find out by reserving your copy of Kadita. Head to kickstarter.com and search for Kadita. It's spelled Q-A-D-I-D-A. Venus, you are the first to exit the Stiffworks. Yes. And you are walking with your feet on the ground and you step out of the Stiffworks and you walk expecting to touch ground for gravity to be pointing the same direction and it is not. Wow. You fall uh, at a, a 45 degree angle to the right into a corner of this small room that you're in and you hit your back up against part of a wall and part of a floor uh, that has like thrown you down so the floor is sort of tilting up and uh, looking in front of you uh, sort of straight and also a little bit up you see a window uh, there's a window out uh, to the world outside of this massive ship that you're in and you just see dry orange red rock and orange red sand and you can see the wind whipping it around you don't hear anything. You don't hear anything from the outside. But the room that you're in is uh, dirty, dusty, ancient. Like, this has been here for tens of thousands of years. Mm -hmm. And there's stuff around. There's a desk uh, that's to your right uh, that's also pushed up against this wall. There's some broken bottles on the ground. There's some tapestries and some art and some furniture that's all shoved to one side, the side that you're up against. Everything's mm -hmm. this sort of like slate blue gray. You know, you can tell like at one point someone maybe lived here uh, this was uh, nice, fancy. So you're considering this and thinking about what this room could have possibly been when Remy just falls down onto your chest, uh, also uh, having fallen out of the stiff works, and then everybody else in succession no, wait, run right. Oh, oh, I love this. Oh, I love this. Oh, really? Watch my hair. Oh. 
My arm, my arm, my left arm, not that, my arm. Hello, everyone. My left. <laughs> you see Cellar Door uh, come out and stick to the wall. Um, she leaves the stiff works and uh, just walks across on uh, the floor that is at a 45 degree angle. Mm. All right, everybody. Be on the lookout oh. for a thing called the Heart of Coom. I don't know if it'll be that easy. Yeah, what? You think uh, it's going to be labeled in somebody's room? Sometimes it's that easy. Remy is still on top of Venus as he's talking to Oat. <laughs> and Venus is wondering when he's going to get off of him. Remy's extricating himself, but like he's doing it like 15% too slowly. <laughs> like gravity, is it like things aren't positioned in such a way to make it easy? And you're also on a floor of bodies. so it's, He's you not know. very concerned. I think he's... Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he's, he's, this is normal to him. It's 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 a normal day falling into a pile of your pals, uh, and so he's not. He's just like, yeah, whatever, man. And it's thinking more about this argument. <laughs> hmm. And Mercus goes up to a wall and puts a hand on the wall, and he's kind of surveying the room. Uh, he would like to use Find Nemat to detect any technological uh, devices or pathways or secret room stuff. Secrets. I love it, and I think you should do it. Uh, so he's just going to burn uh, three grit and roll a reason. Using up so much grit. Got a six. Oh, boy. Just getting sixes. Um, yeah, so you would uh, somehow find either a pathway or a secret hole or something. Mercus touches the wall of this small room that you're all stuck in. The only door that you can see is got not only people, but a bunch of furniture piled on top of it, and it's facing down, and so you're not sure how it is that you'd open it. And Mercus starts to get a sense first of how big this machine is. It's gargantuan. It's massive. It's maybe the biggest piece hmm. of machinery that Mercus has ever been inside. Hmm. And, you know, closes his eyes, using his preternatural senses for trying to locate pieces of technology, using a lot of the same sort of like navigational intuition that lets him be a banshee. He starts to search out the heart of Coombe, the heart of Coombe, the heart of Coombe. And he starts to get these flashes of a large chamber with a lot of liquid in it that is at the bottom of the Coombe. You're in the top right now. Uh, you're in what's maybe the smallest room in this whole place. There's no secret passageway. There's no ductwork or anything, maybe because of the way the ship is supposed to be used. There's, you know, all the space is used. But it's pretty clear where you're supposed to go. You just go down one floor, across, and then down another floor, and it, it should be right there. And it's all kind of hazy and fuzzy and black and white. And then it becomes, you know, you're, you're looking at this room where the heart of Coom is and it's like, it's large, there's all kinds of pipes. There's this sort of fuzzy spot where you're pretty sure that's where the thing is. And it's kind of gray and then it's color. It's like vibrant 
uh, you see uh, all the pipes are full of green liquid. Mm. All of the lights are on. There's lots of uh, gold and there's lots of tile work in these beautiful patterns. There are people walking around and where it was dull in the center, it's now pulsing with light, like multicolored rainbow light. And you know precisely where it is. Yes, you're in the third floor. You got to go down to the second floor, across the whole thing, down one more floor, and it's right there in the core center, in the containment unit. That's where it is. And that's also when you hear a man crying. And you open your eyes. The room is upright. Oh. Everything's changed. Uh, the room is level. What the? Where, where we are? Yep. Oh. And you can see out the window, and there's no dust or sand anymore. It's space. There's just the infinite blackness of space. Uh-oh. Oh, and everybody, everybody in the room, this happened in an instant. There was a flash. There was a ripple. And everything is different. The room is back together. All of the furniture is where it should be. Uh, and you are in what is very clearly, I think you would all recognize, captain's quarters. You are in a very, very nicely appointed blue-gray room. There is a beautiful steel desk on the other side of the room from you that is just in front of this massive window looking out in space. It's covered in documents and pieces of technology. To the right, there is a fully stocked bar, I think is maybe what you would recognize it as. A bunch of crystal glasses full of liquids. Uh, right next to that, there's a library and seating area to the left. There's the stiff works that you just came out of, and right past that, there's a, a bed uh, that is a large, large headboard. It looks very comfortable, and there is a man. You can't see him uh, because he's sitting on the floor behind his desk, and he is crying. Uh, he, is, he is sobbing to himself, and you just hear a man going, oh, they're all gonna die. Oh, they're fuck. They're all gonna die. And they're gonna find out. They're all gonna die. What the fuck did I do? Oh no. Oh no. Mercus opens his eyes uh, and doesn't say anything, but is looking around at everyone else. Do they all see this and hear this? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And does BC still have Aether Speak? Yes. Uh, Mercus taps his head and looks at BC. It puts a finger to his mouth for everyone to be quiet. And BC at first thinks Mercus is complimenting her hair. <laughs> and she goes to say, I know. And then she realizes what uh, Mercus is doing. And uh, Beta connects everyone's minds through Etherspeak. I do not connect Cellar Door. <laughs> she won't know. <laughs> she would freak out. Did anyone do anything? Everyone see the crying human by the bed? Yes, yes, we all see him. Okay. Uh, yes. Okay, I just wanted to make sure it wasn't just me. No, I see him. Okay, so Venus taps in to everyone's uh, open thought channel and says, Be careful. I believe that this ship has become unstuck from time. time. Okay. Again? Okay, all right. The uh, what? I hate yes. it when this happens. Cellar door scudders uh, on the floor, you know, looks shocked. Also looks, I think, if you're looking closely, extremely excited. Uh, very, <laughs> very thrilled about this development. Is, you don't know this, but is restraining from taking more notes. Um, flips on her Babel box and walks across the floor that was just a moment ago the wall 
onto the wall and around the desk and over to the man who's crying and sort of looms over him <laughs> and starts chittering. Uh, and you hear the Babel box go, oh my God, are you okay? What's wrong? What's wrong? And she tries to pick him up uh, in her four <laughs> mantis oh, arms no. and he starts screaming. Oh no, she's changing stuff in the timeline. He is uh, shouting at the top of his lungs. Oh fuck, who are you? Are you... Are you stowaways? Are you more of that calm mining crew? How did you get in my How did you get? There's another ripple. Oh. Okay, sorry. We have to explain this to you, cellar door. You, ha- you start explaining, and the room is the same. It's oriented the same way, except it's not just the man that you saw. A tall, uh, skinny man with short black hair, very perfectly coiffed, wearing a gray suit. He's like weirdly tall, like maybe like seven and a half, eight feet tall. He's still in here, but so is another man who is maybe six foot five, is wearing orange overalls, has a thick beard, and is pummeling him like there is no tomorrow. He is beating the shit out of the man that you just saw crying. Mm. And the man that you saw crying is trying to fight back. There's a scuffle. Uh, Whoever was standing closest to the table is uh, pushed around. That definitely includes Cellar Door, who is pushed because she was right in it and was not expecting anything like this to happen. She's pushed over, she loses her balance, gets pushed back, and just falls into the bar of glass vials and bottles and everything, and it all just shatters and breaks on the ground and makes a very familiar mess that you saw when you first got here. She is just covered in liquids, strange tinctures, blue-gray liquids, all of this weird shit. She's just trying to get up. She's covered in this stuff. Oh, no. Venus, is this something that ripples, or is this something on a loop? I don't know. The guy in the orange jumpsuit is looking at you. He's ra- He's got his fist up, like, cocked behind his head. The fist has got blood on it. The blood oh, of the no. guy on the floor. And he's looking at you, and his <laughs> mouth is wide open. He looks back down at the guy on the ground, and he says... Turn this shit off right now. Turn it off. Turn it off, motherfucker. They're back. Who are you? Cut the shit. The crazy game ain't making no sense. Ain't making no headway with me. I don't know whose kid, whose fucking fucked up nephew you are that got captainship of this vessel, but I swear to God, if you don't turn this shit off and get up and that trait, I am going to end it right here. The man on the ground is clearly just inches away from losing consciousness. Wham! Out. Listen, listen, I, I think there's been quite a misunderstanding. Computer, off! Computer! They're not going away. Remy walks toward the man and pokes him in the shoulder. (laughs) He's a dude. (laughs) And he punches (laughs) you as hard as he can, right in the face. He winds up and Mm. he lets fly and he doesn't touch anything because the weirdos that were just in front of him disappear. The computer off command must have worked. Oh... You all fall back against the wall again. Do you see red sand outside the window? Oh boy, okay. Okay. Uh, 
Venus, what the what fuck? What is happening? Did you do this? Or is this a you thing? No, they have a generator. It's generating the ripples. Oh, do Causing we have the to... ship to become unstuck in time. Uh, this ship could be unstuck at any moment if they turn the computer back on and that time. Well, can, can, uh, we, can we find the computer? Can we can we stop this from happening? I do not want to all of a sudden end up beneath the fist of of that man. Oh, BC, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. I got you. I just got my hair done. Oh, I see. It looks nice. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Mercus is brushing himself off because the tussle is really just messing with him. All right, so all I know is that we need to go down. We are at the top of this Hulk. And Celador, I'm just sorry, I'm trying to explain. When time is messed up, you don't want to interact with stuff because we might change the course of events is all. So just be mindful. You say this to her. She has now, she's fallen, and she's fallen against a bunch of the furniture that you fell next to, and, like, you hear some cracks, and, like, some of it moves, and, you know, reveals a little bit more of the door that's there, and she's covered in weird liquids still, and you can see that her face is covered in, like, weird gray smear, Kind of looks like it gets absorbed into her eye sockets. Does Remy recognize the gray smear? Yeah, he does. <gasps> nice. These are nanobots. She's got the blood. Did she just get the blood? Is that what just happened? I think that Remy knows more than anyone else in this room. Oh, God. Remy's going wow. to look at this happening and say, oh, oh, this. Okay. All right. Guess what, Remy? Oh, um, Cellar. Uh, Cellar door. How, how are you, um... How are you feeling? Um, scared, but definitely nauseous. Oh, oh. Yeah. I think I might have dislocated a shoulder. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, yeah. I feel, I feel really nauseous. So, um, Seller, you know, I, you're so nice. Uh, and you'll, you'll get through this. It'll I, be okay. I mean, this is really scary. Oh, yeah. Just, um, just let us know if you if you start feeling hungry. Um, Okay. Remy, just tell her what's gonna happen to her. Hey, but can we do it as we can we do a walk and talk? Yeah, because I don't want to be yeah, here again when the yes, yes. orange man tries to punch uh, Remy. You guys start uh, digging through the furniture and you uh, pry at the door that's the floor in the wall that's the floor and you get it open and you sort of like descend into the next room. Uh, which is very clearly a cockpit of some kind. There's no view to the outside world here. There's a bunch of instrument panels um, arranged in a kind of hexagonal room uh, that appears to have been built around a kind of exoskeleton, uh, a mechanical technological exoskeleton that I think any of you that have any familiarity with a Tefnian war machine ship, uh, this is something that someone would, uh, a pilot would essentially get inside of um, in order to uh, pilot the arms of the war machine ship. You're in, yeah, like the control room, essentially. Uh, mm. And uh, you can see uh, everything's off, but there's a, a, a hatch for you to go down further uh, towards Mercus's vision. Uh, Mercus, you said that you saw something like surrounded by like a weird liquid? Yeah, but I don't know what it is. Well, what do we think? All I know is that when I, when I try to look for bioelectricity or electricity of any sort, it, it's all kind of gray and fuzzy, but 
for some reason, the place we want to go to is in full color. It was, I think, a lot mm. of power. To power this whole thing, I guess. And the liquid's probably like a coolant or like a multi-form nano heat sink thing? Or something. I don't think I've seen something like that. But it's not gonna be in, like, the mess. We're talking, like, deep engineering, right? Yeah. Down, down, down. Down, down, down. Cellar door is, um, scratching her thorax vigorously. Uh -huh. She's really itchy. Yeah, it's gonna oh, itch. Boy. Um, what is gonna itch? Why am I so... Why am I itchy? What is... You're gonna become like Remy. I'm sorry. You're gonna become basically a little nano vampire. It's kind of cool, and you'll be able to do lots of cool things, but it's not always gonna be pleasant. <sighs> Dang, Venos, you didn't let them have the talk? Jeez. No, no, it's, it's probably better this way. Um, either those <sighs> nanobots will kill you or they won't. So enjoy it. Yes. I'm so sorry. Yeah. No, Seller, Seller, we love you, but... um. Yeah. Is it, can, I, can I stop? Is there anyone to stop it? No. Can I, sure. no, either you no. survive or you don't. Uh, and it decides. It will decide. Yes. But you, no. can't, you shouldn't worry about it. Look, look, this is good news. It means you have your whole life ahead of you. We don't know how long 100%. that will be. Yes, but it's good news. I guess that's I guess that's literally always true. <laughs> I mean, Beta is fumbling in her bag and she pulls out a stim patch, knowing hands it to cellar door, knowing that it's going to do nothing. Here, take one of these. She tries to stab it into her thorax where she's scratching, and it just uh, breaks in half as it hits mm. the side of her chitinous body. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. And then she picks it up and it disintegrates into her hand and then is absorbed into her palm. Good, it's supposed to do that, yeah. yeah I like, yep, I like yep, doing that too. Yeah. That, I think it's, it's yeah. like a fun party trick. She turns away from you all and vomits on the floor. You know, it's a lifestyle change you're gonna have to get used to. You know, it's just part of the job, really. These things happen. Yeah, but you might have an addiction, you know, you might catch something. Well, always happens. There's a ripple. Oh, no, not again. The orientation of the room is the same, hmm. but everything's on. Oh, Mercus goes right to the cockpit. <laughs> Mercus uh, just jumps into the chair really quickly and uh, tries to look for any information about, you know, just the condition of the ship, where they are. You haven't seen a chair, but you saw the, like, exoskeleton thing for moving the arms. Do you want to get in that? Oh, okay, yeah. So if you jump in that, it's a little bit big for Mercus, but he can kind of, you know, reaching. balance. Oh. Yeah, and... <laughs> Mercus might know just from studying, you know, from in Banshee school, you know, what this should feel like if he hasn't actually done it before. And it feels stuck. It feels like there's just, there's no give. All of the counterweights are off. All of, none of the haptics work. It's like worse than when the power steering in your car goes off. Oh, this needs to be adjusted. No, it doesn't. <laughs> oh, hello. You hear a voice booming out of every speaker in this room, not just the public address system, but all of the tinny little readout speakers and alert speakers on every surface. It's truly 360 audio, but just one voice. That piece of equipment is extremely calibrated. You certainly didn't think that anyone could step into it and use me, did you? Oh, use you. How shall I address you? I'll have a way to what you want, baby. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Austin Powers show. Oh my ship. God, this is... <laughs> Every, can everybody hear this? This everybody, is the ship yeah. who shagged me. <laughs> Venus, what does shagged mean? Doesn't matter. <sighs> 
I just want to get a condition check on uh, your whole system here. Where are we? You're in the cockpit. I mean the ship. Where were we? Where am I? In space and time. <laughs> your guess is as good as mine. You don't know where you're located? Uh, no. <laughs> wow. Is this one of those quantum things where you can't know the position and the location or whatever? Or the... You, you look at it and something changes. What's going on? Do you know what's happening? You can't see me, but I'm putting my finger on my nose. Bingo! Oh, fuck. So you don't know what time it is either? No. Neither do you. I don't, obviously, because I'm asking. Do you know the type of technology on the ship? Is there anything on it that generates ripples in time to make the ship become unstuck from it? Yes. Oh, I guess okay. that was easy. That's good. Where yeah. is it? Good to hear. Where is that? Oh, it's all over the place. Built into oh. every part of me. Ugh. Wait, where's your brain? Where's your your generator? It's all connected? Brain and generator? Two different things, my friend. Oh, well. The thinky bits as well as the space-time circuits are spread out everywhere. But the generator, why, mm. it's here. And then, like... <laughs> Steam begins spraying down in a corner of the room and projected onto that column of steam is an image, a picture of a late Tefnian battleship, a Hulk uh, in its glory days. And down at the very bottom, a blinking red light. You are not there. <laughs> uh, sh can you show us where we are in relation to this blinking dot? Yes. But will I? <laughs> Why? Uh, How did you even get aboard me? Okay, so Remy's <laughs> going to put his hand on whatever part of the computer is closest. Hello. And use Repro. Uh, which, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you send your nanites into an electrical device. This can be standard Tefian comma, dummies radio, or a sapient brain to induce any specific effect possible. <laughs> the host rolls will against your reaction or charisma, whichever is better, to detect the manipulation. Uh, they must roll higher since uh, I guess this is an attack. If the manipulation would destroy the host, it gets an additional will check against difficulty seven to remain fragmented or inactivated, but alive. So I'm just trying to force the computer to do what he wants. Bud hacker, love it. Yup. Rolling. That's a four. The coon rolls a 90 on its will check <laughs> to perceive this repro. Uh, Remy can attempt the repro. The coon definitely knows that it's happening. Uh-oh, you must be new here. <laughs> I'm joking. Thank you. I know you're new. You in some ways you saw you saw me up here. Listen, ship. Um, do you know any? Call me Coom. Coom. It's Coom. They call me. Do you know anything about a a crying man? A crying man. I've seen many men cry. There's a ripple. Oh. I've made a few of them cry. <laughs> the room is in the same orientation, but everything is off. Oh, shit. Well, luckily, the system runs through the entire ship, so we may have another opportunity to ask more questions. But I This is... It's better this way. I like it better when it's quiet. <laughs> yeah, we should move on. And Mercus looks for the next hallway. There's a hatchway uh, with a wheel on it that you can turn that is basically almost horizontal. So you're going to be like crawling across a ladder that should be going down. Oh, got it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Can someone help me open this? And Remy walks up to the crank and starts cranking. Okay, everybody. Just be careful and hold on to this ladder. Uh, 
uh, orientation of the ship might change suddenly. Yes, I'm afraid that's the least of our problems. If we are rippled back into a time where anyone on this ship with weapons or a nasty disposition sees us, we may be meeting a swift end. Be on guard. You know, Venus, I feel like you say this every time we, we do one of these things. And we've been yes. we've been fine so far. I mean, you remember well, the that's thing. because I said it and I got us prepared and we I all were ready. Oh, so it's a, is this a superstition think. thing for you? I'm still alive. No, it's just being ready. Okay. Hold on. And he goes down the ladder. <laughs> As you guys are bickering about whether or not you're generally safe in your outings, <laughs> cellar door is heaving. She's heaving. trying to catch her oh. breath. She's going, <sighs> and her green carapace is starting to crack, and uh, it's in the cracks. It's starting to turn red in the spaces between where it's separating. That's normal. And then two new arms just rocket out of her sides where she was itching, where she was scratching a minute ago. Fun! And there's like carapace and some goo and like a little bit of bug blood and mucus. And uh, she now has uh, six arms in addition to her two legs and mandibles. Oh, hey, would you look at that? Cellar door, you're looking great. Remy, that's pretty good. That's pretty good, right? When makes meat instead of eats meat? Uh, no. Yes and no. Uh, it's Yes and no? Okay, well. Let me give you some advice. Uh, say goodbye to t-shirts, uh, but say hello <laughs> to everyone asking you if you play the drums. <laughs> you know, I think that's one way to look at it. Another way to look at it would be you should think about how much you liked your old life because it is gone forever now. Okay, having more than one set of arms is not a death sentence. No, no, but it's pretty cool. We and Oates doing the wave <laughs> with all of his arms. <laughs> The thing about it is, is yeah, we just, uh, that's probably a good sign. We don't know what's going to happen to you and you don't know what's going to happen to you, but I think it's best to be prepared to feel worse. Yes. Just like the professionals we are. And again, the hunger thing is very important. You have to tell us if you're feeling hungry, don't act on any of that instinct before, you know, you, you let us know. The baronal blood will do as it pleases. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Did I say that? Yeah. No, no, you didn't. The, the the blood did. Yes. It's pretty cool. Well, what a day it's turning out for you. Mike, did that come out of the little talk box or did that come out of the uh, out of the mandibles? It came out of her like throat chest area. So that was definitely like oh, okay. vocalization in a way that she you have never seen her do before. You go down across the ladder and you enter into a massive room that is sort of like a hangar almost, but it's split up into smaller segments by a bulkhead. So it's one big, long, uh, quote unquote skinny, but skinny here is relative because uh, it's just a, you're in a massive ship, continuous space and the floor, quote unquote, that you're walking towards is piled with stuff. Uh, since the ship has been tilted, everything has fallen this way and it's just tons of detritus. There's uh, loaders, mini mechas, um, foot lockers, boxes, uh, exosuits. Um, you can see some laser rifles. Uh, you can see empty food packages, uh, just all the stuff that you would have and need if you're on a ship. If in your mind's eye you're imagining 
the map that you were shown by the coom just moments ago before you shifted back here, you know that you effectively have to walk uphill, uh, essentially a you know 55 degree incline to get to another hatchway that will get you to the core where this thing that you need is. Uh, nothing's lit in here, uh, so it's it's very dark. There's like small little uh, safety lights that provide just the barest glimmer uh, of an outline of the space. But for the most part, it feels like you are sort of going into a, a chasm almost, uh, and your your sense of it is helped by the blueprints or the rendering that you just saw. You don't hear anything. You don't see anyone. Uh, you're just sort of descending into this darkness. I have a question about Mercus's hair piece thing. Sure. Does North exist in this space? Yeah. So um, what you maybe would have noticed is when the ship is tilted, it points in a direction. It was pointing out the window when you were in the captain's quarters. And so when you left that room, it pointed behind you. And as you are going down, it continues to point in various directions kind of behind you. When the ship is upright, it just spins and spins and spins. <laughs> so it's a very clear visual indicator of when they are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So it is pointing. It's stable. And Mercus is like kind of looking up at his own hair like, okay, seems stable enough right now. We should get a move on before it ripples again. Yes, yes. We should move with speed and haste and speed and haste. And he starts trotting a little bit. You hear... In the darkness, a very faint voice. Question. <laughs> you using the Ilfnari helmet, headset, whatever, can Remy see in the dark? Or smell in the dark. Um, pass a level four uh, will check, and then please roll a D100. The B to four and then D100? Okay. Yep. Um, okay. I rolled a six. Okay. And what did you get on the D100? Oh, haven't done that yet. I was very excited about the six. <laughs> That's a good, you should be, yeah. 84. <laughs> Up until now, you have been experiencing what you have been seeing, uh, the normal way that you experience things through the bug visor, which is a combination of uh, reflected light, sight, and infrared. You can see an extended range a little bit uh, because it's just bug technology. When you think into the visor that you would like to maybe be able to see a little bit more clearly in the dark, it understands exactly what you want to do, um, and you think it clearly enough through the embedded parts in your brain, you know, up your nose, that it knows what you want, and it interprets this uh, in a way to allow you to do that. And the way that it does this is... Whenever there is movement um, now, you will be able to tell roughly what it is, what kind of sapient, and where it is by an arrangement of scents that are produced by the visor. And this is something that because you rolled so high on the D100, that over time you have become accustomed to and are capable of doing. You can interpret the scent OS of the visor as useful information. Great, so I can just, if something's moving, I can know what it is. You can know what it is and where it is with pinpoint accuracy. And Vino says, hey, wait, did you hear that? And he listens closely into the darkness. Uh, Remy whips his head around and perceives whatever the fuck it is. He knows. He knows. Yes. 
Come closer. Remy, what is it? Can Remy tell what it is and where it is? It's a speaker on the wall. It's a very tiny little speaker in some like dark <laughs> recess of the bulkhead. Remy points and then realizes no one can see the point. Says, oh, it's a speaker in the wall. I believe that the ship wants to talk or something. You all get down on the bulkhead on the floor. You reach the end of the ladder and you hear some rustling behind you and from the height of it and the sort of material nature of it, you know clearly this is cellar door rummaging in her case that's on her chest and you hear the crack of a sunrod you heard her do in the caves before you left and the light that is produced is 50 times brighter than the sunrod that you saw before. You all whip your heads around and her entire body, she's holding a sunrod that is glowing. Her entire body is glowing the same color, but like like a light bulb that's being overpowered. Like she's like, oh, wow. she's a beacon in this room. Cellar door, cellar door, give me that light rod. And Venus goes to take the light rod from cellar door. You have it. Is she still is she glowing? Still glowing? Oh, oh my god, it's very hard to look at. It's blinding. She's still glowing even without holding the light rod. Oh, that didn't work. You can see the full distance of this room that you're in. Oh, cellar door. Cellar, cellar you just gotta, you gotta, you can't give in. You have to fight it a little bit. Otherwise, things like that will happen. It's very important that you conceive of this as a battle in whatever way you think of a battle is. And just, you know, remember, fight to the death. If you walk out, you win. And you'll be like me. Otherwise, you know. You can tell she's trying really hard to concentrate and is, is not. You're doing great. You're doing great, kid. You know, Mantis people don't sweat, but if they did, <laughs> you would perceive. Vita <laughs> 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 says, oh, well, just do your best and uh, maybe throw a jacket on. And he walks over to the speaker. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Excuse me. Did, was somebody speaking to me? Yes, I was. Cool. <laughs> Oh, this is Coob. I'm sorry. How did, I, mean, I never introduced myself. How do you know my name? You told it to me. I did. Uh, did I? Hmm. Was I here before? Many times. Uh-huh. Venus, I'm begging you for one final time. Please don't kill me. I... There's a ripple. No. The ship is upright. Mercus's hair is spinning. Oh, uh, no. You're all <laughs> positioned behind the bulkhead. Uh, having listened to the tiny speaker, having gathered around it, you hear a distant voice. And it's the voice of the man that you heard crying in the captain's quarters. You stick your head around the corner, and he's standing in front of a group of about 30 men. And he's wearing his captain's jacket, a long gray trench coat kind of thing. He's towering, though everybody here is extremely tall. And he's facing away from you, but you can hear his voice as it reverberates in this giant room. Everything's on. You hear the matter exchangers. You hear the air exchangers. Like, everything's going. There's some machinery running in the distance. And he says, I know that you don't think it's a good idea, but we have to get them. We have to get them. They're part of our fleet, and we cannot abandon them. My word is final. And some of the men looking at him start to grumble. Uh, someone who's wearing a, a blue jumpsuit and is holding a laser wrench. Um, he steps forward and he goes, You know as well as we do that there is not enough food on this ship to accommodate that many men. We're barely going to get home as it is. You want to take on another 30 guys? 
It's insane. This ship can only accommodate 30 people. We already got 40. You want to take on more? What are you doing? You're going to kill us all. All the guys behind were like, yeah, what are you doing? That's insane. And then he says, you would just leave them in the depths of sp And there's a ripple and the room is full of people. Ah. There is 60 a hundred people here, and they are fighting. It is a full-on battle between men dressed in blue that you just saw being addressed by the captain and men dressed in orange and yellow jumpsuits, like the guy that you saw beating the shit out of him in his quarters. And when the shift happens, you are behind the bulkhead. There are two men guy in blue and a guy in yellow just fighting with one another right in your faces. And the guy in yellow punches the guy in blue, socks him right in the jaw and he falls over and he looks at all of you and he goes, and who the fuck are you? Teller, this one's okay to eat. <laughs> and we, I, I look at Teller door to see if she's hungry. Uh, her eyes are bloodshot and she is still glowing <laughs> like a beacon. She is like a spotlight in this room, and the guy who saw you turns, shouts into the crowd, Folks, looks like we got stowaways! Any minute now, Celador. <laughs> oh, should we do oh. something, or? Ripple! I, can it ripple again? How do we make it ripple? Uh, we need to run! Ruby's <laughs> gonna look at uh, the three of them, the four of them, and say, You mind? I, I can do you want do, do you want me to do something or do you guys want to do you want to run or it solves multiple problems if you would like to address it now oh yes okay yeah I can you know oh shit yeah Remy's gonna foam the room oh wow. yeah the whole room foam the room yeah <laughs> there's like 60 guys in this room right uh but there's dust and shit everywhere this is great so uh yeah I'll burn some grit create an impenetrable barrier of cracking glittering foam that encases targets uh, and you can't, no one can leave. But also everyone can survive no matter what. Win-win solution. Yeah, let's do it. Remy steps between the group and the men who are, I guess, now all looking at them because they don't look like anybody else in this part of the ship. They're not in jumpsuits. And uh, Remy sort of just raises his arms uh, as though he's like addressing her. The whole lot of them. And between the people, you can just see the dust sort of rising from the ground, like just the ambient ship dust like you know like um old oil metal shavings the kind of shit that you have laying around on ship food scraps all of its stuff is like sort of the fine mist of it is floating up from the floor and then it all starts crackling like as though with electricity and it just floops into an impenetrable sheet of foam that is between every single person in this room and also us you foomph a wall of foam and it seals off everyone uh, that is in the further part of this part of the ship and you know when the guy says when the guy shouts looks like we got stowaways it's not like a needle drag moment where everybody stops what they're doing and turns and looks at you but you definitely catch the attention of a bunch of people who you know before the foomph of foam like looking at you as they're working out whatever drama, whatever fight is happening um, in this ship. And then you can't see them anymore uh, because the foam wall goes up 
but it goes up on the other side of the guy that's been knocked unconscious on the ground, the guy who is from the coom, and the guy in yellow who socked him. They're closer to you, and the wall doesn't go up there. And it's almost like a starting pistol was fired. As soon as the foom goes up, you don't even see cellar door move. Suddenly, the man in yellow is just torn in half. Oh, my God. And there's eviscera just sprayed all over the floor in front of you. Oh, no! The timeline! (laughs) Marcus, I'm so sorry about the timeline you liked! (laughs) Well, nothing I can do about it now. Marcus, the timeline has already been the timeline. It's what it is. (sighs) And if he says we can't change it, we're good. Also, Seller, Seller, (laughs) can you just save some for me? Just, you know, you don't have to... Just one... You can have the rest. It is only in death the lower people will find salvation. Oh, fuck. (laughs) You'll get used to it. Remy walks up to the half of one guy and sort of drags the half into a corner and bends over so as not to let anyone else see, because he knows how they feel about it. Just has a little snack. Venus is just looking at something else. Marcus looks for the next hatch, which is near them. While chewing, Remy says, BC, plug your ears. Already ahead of you. <laughs> There's a ripple. Oh, thank God. Man. Can't be worse. The ship is tilted. Mercus's hair is pointing north, <laughs> and everything is on. Oh, no. You again. <laughs> and you start walking. You start climbing up the incline, yes. this slick floor that leads towards the porthole that you know you need to get to. And in front of you, you see tens of thousands of years old smears of dried blood. Ugh, ugly situation. Coom, what happened? How did all those people die? A variety of ways. What was the coolest? Uh, Boom! I knew it. <laughs> Remy. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take Good uh, one. Remy, give yourself some grit. <laughs> just give yourself yeah. a grit. How many grit? Yeah. Hell yeah. How many grit, Mike? Uh, just, just one. one. <laughs> all right, roll it. Roll a D3. Oh, roll roll a, D3. a D3. That's all, Remy. That's all, Remy. I got Remy. a three! Let's go! go. (laughs) After the mutiny I told you about, they tried to eat the foam when the food ran out. They all got cancer and died. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) But I've told you so much about me, and you've barely told me anything about yourself. What are your names? I'm Mercus. Oh, Remy, I did the foam thing. Uh, This is where we're introduced. I'm Venos. BC. That's Oat. Oh, and that's Cellar. Oh, sorry. I was I was busy. And Oat looks up and his mouth's full of foam. He's been eating handfuls of the foam. And Spit that out right now, Oat. Spit that out. He opens no, his mouth no. and just big chunks of the foam fall out like the tater tots out of that dog's mouth. If you know right. the TikTok, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> all of it. All of it, Oat. All of it. That can't taste good. What, why? Okay. Is uh, Cellar Door also still eating? Uh, um, I'm Cellar Door. Uh, third in line secession. The baronal blood of Alicot. Wait. Your name is Cellar Door. A disgusting sound in this language. Horrific. <laughs> My apologies. Not her fault. Oh, yeah. She just had some bad blood. Well, 
Remy, she's had her first meal. Does that mean that she that the blood has accepted? Uh, it's, it seems to be talking when it feels like it. I think that's a good sign. All right. It looks like you might be through the worst of it, Celador. Congratulations. Yeah. Pardon me. I hate to bother you, but I haven't seen any other living minds in thousands of years. How did you arrive here? And what do you want? You seem to be moving through my body with purpose. You're about half, maybe two-thirds of the way traversing this incline. We seek an ancient piece of archaeotech in your core, the heart of the Coombe. My generator? Yes. I could certainly loan you some energy. I have plenty. Yeah. Yes, uh, that would be nice, but we, we need this for Remy, a, another Remy purpose. Remy puts his hand over Venus's mouth and takes him aside. <laughs> It looks like you're trying to take someone aside. You are inside my body. <laughs> there, there, it's, there is no aside hey, inside, hey, hey, my hey, friend. This, it's, the, it's about the gesture. You're supposed to, as a, as a sentient, presumably, thing, you're supposed to give us our privacy if we want. We did the thing. Now you respect the ritual that we're doing, right? Does that argument not hold any water with you? Are you talking to me? I had stopped paying attention at your request. Okay, Venus. Yeah, we're killing the ship. We're taking it. We're killing it. And it's... We're, I don't want... That's it. I was paying attention oh. then because you made it seem like you were talking yes. to me. And then didn't tell me to stop yes, paying no, attention was, once I you were done. I didn't say that we were going to kill the ship. I just Please said we don't kill me. I'm not... We're not going to kill you. Yes, we are. If you take my generator, well, I will not be able to compute any longer. The end of me, that's what that will be. I hate to break it to you, but you actually do die eventually. We all die eventually, but I think I've got a few millennia left. There's a time ripple. <sighs> You're in the same position. Everything is off. I didn't think we were getting anywhere anyway. Let's just keep moving. Yeah. Yes. No. Yes. Please. No. Not now. Only one day left. And you again. Today. Of all days. You. Cellar door starts coughing and one of her new arms falls off. Oh, no. And then it starts to use its hands to scutter up and down the walkway that you're on, the tilted floor, and it grabs Mercus. Is that supposed to happen? And then it starts trying to, it's hard to tell what it's trying to do. It looks like it's trying to attach itself yes. to you. Like it's trying to burrow oh, oh, into Marcus, you. Marcus, this doing? is good. This is actually good. No, it's, um, I don't need any more arms. What is this? Um, uh, Remy is trying to explain what this is because he doesn't do it. But other pe other ones like him can. No, no, Marcus, this is a good thing. It, 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 I promise it'll feel okay when you, whenever you give in. No, no, it's it's like a thing. I'm not giving in to this. No, it's a thing that we can do. That I I can do it. Too. I just don't like doing it. It's weird to me. Do I have to eat people too now? No, no, no. This is just it's. This is Seller trying to help you feel. Um, more As Seller is scurrying sickly up the incline, uh, she is looking at Mercus. She's going, I'm sorry. I don't know why that's happening. I'm, so I, I'm sorry. Uh, you got refuse or deny. Like, if you don't want it, you got to grab it and throw it and break it or just succumb and let it happen. Where is it on my body? It's basically trying to grab itself into your, uh, like, mid-back. All right. I mean, if it helps... And uh, his hat is conveniently hanging off of his back. And so the hat is now on the arm. <laughs> the arm burrows through the hat and into your skin. 
and Ugh. you feel essentially uh, like it's extremely difficult to describe, like something almost fusing to your spine. <laughs> and you now have an extra arm uh, in your mid-back that you can control. It raises your calm and move dice uh, by one type. Really? Wow. Yeah. Oh my god, Merkis is 12 straight across. Yeah. It's a good power. Hell yeah. Oh my uh, god. This will end at some point. I will just tell you when it sure. ends. Sure. Uh, Merkis, like, kind of, you can hear his spine crack. Like, he gets taller for a minute. Oh, I feel. More limber. Yeah, no, it's a good thing. You look good. Oh, cool. All right. I'm so, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, no, I no. Seller, look, this is great. No need to apologize. Uh, he high fives the hand with his tail. Give yourself three grit. <laughs> <laughs> you get to the final hatch. Bino starts unwinding the hatch, thinking and saying out loud to himself, one day left. One day left. Why only one day left? Till we're here. And he unscrews the hatch and uh, starts going down. What's that? One day left. It's because we're here. What do you mean? <laughs> we're changing everything every time it ripples. I think this already happened. I don't think we're changing anything. I think the flow of time has already rearranged itself around our particular actions. Don't worry about it. Who knows? Hmm. And Venus goes down the hatch. Let me follow us. Uh, yeah, you're going kind of forward down, uh, like sort of diagonally down forward on another ladder like the one that you uh, traversed at the far end of the room that you're leaving. And it's a little bit brighter in here. It's still really dim, uh, and you have a hard time seeing until cellar door goes through the opening. She's still glowing extremely brightly. And actually, Mercus's new arm is glowing brightly, too. It didn't turn off <laughs> when it separated. So Mercus also has like is wearing a sunrod, essentially. Uh. And as you go in, it gets brighter and brighter. And you see a room that is the same shape of the one that you just left, but maybe about half the size. And in this version of the ship, you see all of these pipes. A lot of them are broken. There's nothing in them. You see what looks like a reservoir in what you know is the floor of the room that you're in. And you see at the far end of that reservoir, a cylinder um, and it's open. It's got an open side that's uh, pointing into the room and you can see very dimly an object uh, that appears as though it's moving um, hmm. and it's giving off the dullest uh, sort of rainbow light. It's iridescent, you can tell, but it's very dim and it's just this ever-shifting shape. and. As you all enter the room, get on the ladder and start descending, you hear Cellar Door say, There it is. That's it. That's the heart of Goo. That's what we need. Ah. Uh, also, I have to say, when I saw this room, it was filled with liquid. So I don't know what it was. It might be dangerous, but just make sure we're not caught in the middle of it. It's certainly dangerous. If you take one more step toward my generator, I'll be forced to use my last straw and eject you all into the vacuum of space. <laughs> and a little light, like a light the size of the light above your seat on an airplane, clicks on, <laughs> uh, and you can see that there's a hatch. There's like a big door-sized hatch that's like emergency, uh, you know, core ejection port. Oh. Oh. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think Remy's going to use copy. Yeah. So Remy's going to burn some grit and make uh, just like a an exact facsimile of the hatch, except like 1.5 times as big on top of the existing hatch. You just want to put a seal over yes. the hatch. A hatch over the hatch, if okay. you will. Uh, but it looks exactly like the hatch, just slightly bigger. The hatch on the hatch? Yeah. What does it look like? Are the nanites coming out of you in a cloud and like yeah, making... They just sort of, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, gets, he gets a little hazy as, you know, like you see, like suddenly you can perceive all the nanites that are flooding out of him and, you know, they fly into the cloud, moves onto the ground and the hatch materializes in front of him and sort of floats towards uh, the other hatch and slaps itself right on there. Well, shit. I can do that too. <laughs> Hey, uh, cellar door, is there any issue with touching this object? Is it sticky or anything like that? Um, no, there's nothing in the file that says that it's hazardous to have or perceive or be around. Um, but it is. It's even worse than foam. <laughs> um, I, I think, I don't know if this is possible, but I think the machine, the warship might be lying. <laughs> I can't lie. Yeah, I think you can. <laughs> I think you get... Philosophically, this is a very complicated problem. I think you get pretty bored in a millennia, right? Let me test it. Now, does this haircut look good or not? <laughs> it looks great. A tight bob. Sign me up. Can't lie. <laughs> is the heart metallic at all? So we're still in, uh, like, low power mode, essentially. So you can see roughly what you saw before, which is uh, this ever-moving object uh, that is slightly iridescent. It's just kind of like wriggling inside uh, a core at the other end of this room that is also tilted upwards. As you're looking at it, you start to walk towards it. There's another time shift, and you are now back in the fray, everybody fighting. You don't know, maybe you've passed the foam uh, and there were other people down here already. Uh, maybe they ate through it already and made their way um, down into the core, but there are people left and right um, just going at it and everything is on. Everything is brightly colored. There is a bright green liquid flowing through the pipes and in the reservoir. Uh, everything is upright, everything is straight. Mercus's hair is spinning, and uh, you suddenly appear in this room, and the people in blue overalls are vastly outnumbered, um, and the people who are left of that group are not doing well and the people in the yellow overalls are looking at everyone, uh, you know, like proud, like they've done their work, you know, they've made their point and they turn around and one of the guys sees you and you see that it's the man that you saw in the captain's quarters. Uh, and he's down here in the core and he sees you again and he recognizes you from the machine that projected you in the captain's quarters that he got to turn off. Oh, not this shit again. Goom, <sighs> turn it off. I'm not... Fuck. <laughs> Fuck, I didn't mean to do it. Also, oh, also Oates there. Uh, and then British Tam walks in. <laughs> and they all start a band. Who's going to play it. drums? That's what the heart of Goom is. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's a little Chuck E. Cheese band. 
It's the animatronic bears. God damn it. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. God damn it. I'm not projecting anything. There's a breach in the multivascular energy core. What the hell? I don't understand anything that's going on here. Turn them off. Fine, I'll do it myself. This worked last time. He walks right up to Remy and punches him right in the face. <laughs> Remy, time does not shift, so if you don't want to get punched, uh, roll roll move or do do what you want to do. No, 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 I'll roll. I'll roll movement. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Let's see. Oh, that is a that is a ten. He rolls a six. I think Remy just takes the punch and just doesn't move. It doesn't move his head back or anything. You take three damage uh, from a very well-placed, powerful punch. Yeah, Remy um, takes out his wooden katana and just bonks the guy very gently on the head. The look on his face is psychological surrender. <laughs> uh, and I guess now I roll to see if the flesh-melting fungus like takes care of him or not. <laughs> uh, D4. All right, so... Uh, you have a one in two chance of infecting every non-informatic opponent hit with your sword with a disease. They will die within D6 rounds. You are immune. Foul smell, no value. Okay, so uh, that is an 11. Okay, he rolled a... Well, okay. <laughs> I feel the need to excuse this because this happens a lot. And <clears throat> I know from the Discord that there's discussion about how this can't happen as often as it does. But he rolled a one. How do you keep doing that? Let's go. We're back, everybody. We're fucking back. We're so fucking back. Um, Yeah. We're so back. uh, I thought it was a seven at first, uh, but uh, it's a one. Uh, Yeah. You tell me what happens. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give you the flesh melting bacteria. Sure. Remy just takes out his. He pulls out his katana. Just bonks this guy very lightly on the head and steps back. And uh, Mercus leans over to cellar door and whispers, "Uh, "Yeah, don't touch Remy's sword." She takes out her notebook and uh, starts writing in it. uh, And she starts to try to write, "Don't." You can't really tell. It's in manted. uh, But like you know, she starts to write something, and the glow on her skin starts to go away, starts to disappear, but the red cracks in her carapace start to glow brighter and brighter, and she starts to grow in size. Uh Uh-oh. She starts to sort of inflate as she is trying (laughs) to write, and she just smashes the pen in her hand uh, as her hand tenses and she grows. She drops her book. As this is happening, a man is melting. <laughs> just really, since you bonked him on the head from top to bottom, uh, the skin just kind of starts to slough off and melt, and there's like a greenish goo uh, that is emanating from uh, his dermis. Uh, he, yeah, his skin melts off, and uh, he starts screaming in pain. <laughs> Not my dermis! <laughs> Epidermis? Dermis? Epidermis? Remy turns around and picks up the notebook and hands it back to Cellar Door. She is just gripping it in her hand uh, like a death grip just at the spine. You hear the sound of a great hum ending. The lights go off, red emergency lights come on, and then you hear a smaller hum of reserve battery power come on. Wow, it's Coombs going through it, I think. You think he's going to coom through? <laughs> <laughs> nice one. The object is gone. <laughs> ah! Oh, crap. 
Oat what, is. What do, you, what do you have in your mouth, it? Oat? Drop Spit it? it out. Spit it out. What did we tell you about eating random shit from the floor? I was supposed to grab this. Also, I think it's fine to touch. I'm kidding. It's fine. Oh. Oh. But I killed the ship. Oh, thank God. It was fucking annoying. At your feet is now one of the largest and brightest sources of light in the room. It's mostly lit from the red security lights, but at your feet is this glowing object. And it's strange. It's constantly changing shape. And sometimes it changes shape in such a way where it looks like it's floating, like a part of it is touching the ground uh, that doesn't currently exist, but it's still material in some way. And one second it looks like a coffee mug, and the next second it looks like a bouquet of roses, and the next second after that it looks like a marionette doll, and then it looks like a banana, and then it looks like a car engine, and then it looks like what we would identify as a hard drive. Well, not it. I don't think I can carry that. This is the power center. This is the fuel for the Coom. This is the heart of Coom, which other versions of you would recognize as the vasular multi-object. Wow. Wow. But not us. us. Not us. Not us. We are professional. Couldn't be it us. Us but different. Remy calls it and says, not it. Oh, I got it. My girlfriend Great. used to have one of these. <laughs> what are you doing with your mouth? You had a girlfriend? I like friends with my hat. <laughs> uh, Vino says, uh, that's fine. Let's go back. Yeah, let's make haste. Let's get out of here. I don't want to get caught in another fight. Please. How many people did I kill? By accident. I think... I think I... I, I need to rest. And as she says this, parts of Cellar Door's body are just dispersing into clouds of nanites mm. and then reforming and then dispersing into clouds of nanites and reforming. Remy, Remy, is there anything that can no. be done? Look at no, her. She's fine. That's that's supposed to happen. She's just speed running basically oh, okay. everything that, that I can do. Like, I did this. This is what happened to me back, you know, back in the day. I mean, it was a long oh, time ago. I thought this was really bad. Oh, no, 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 no. It's all good. It's all good. Unless she dies. Which oh, okay. she is this oh. like puberty? No. Okay, yeah, kind of. Because one day you wake up and you're just taller and you can do new things. Yeah, it's just like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, uh, yes. There, there was a talk, sort of. I've read about this. As you're discussing this, she's expanding and reforming and expanding and reforming. She looks directly at Venus and she says, I will rule terror. Uh, well, I know. <laughs> I don't want to rule Terra. Oh, honey. And, and Venus looks around at everybody to, like, help encourage her. Oh, it's okay. Your your body's changing, and you're going to have lots of lofty dreams, and you're going to feel like you met the one, and then he's not going to be that. And it's going to be okay. You're going to go through changes, and you're going to find yourself. And whether you want to rule Terra or not, that's going to be something you figure out at a different time when you're a new woman. A blooder. Thank you. 
you are now leaving Fun City. Thanks for listening. If you like the show and you want to help us keep making it, you can throw us a couple bucks a month at patreon.com forward slash fun city ventures, where you get access to our not quite bi-weekly, but we're working on it. Chat show, fun, chatty, fun and interesting discord, mork, borg, side games, and patron exclusive merch, including a soup dog shirt and jast reclamation stickers. That is patreon.com forward slash fun city ventures. And of course, thanks to all of our current patrons for help keeping this ship afloat. Hi, I'm Bijan Steven, and I play Remy Tester on Float City. You can find me online on Twitter at Bijan Steven, B-I-J-A-N-S-T-E-P-H-E-N, on Twitch at the same name, and on Instagram at Bijan Cakes, B-I-J-A-N Cakes. I'm Jen De La Vega. I play Mercus Imeldar. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Randwiches. That's the word sandwiches, but replace the S with an R. This is Shannon O'Dell. I play Beta Combat. You can find me on social at Shodell. Hello, this is Nick Gersio, and I play Lux on Fun City and Venus on Float City. You can find me at Nicholas Gersio on Twitter and in Gersio on Instagram. You spell Gersio, G-U-E-R-C-I-O. I'm Taylor Moore, and I play all the cool, interesting characters. You can follow me at taylor.biz. <laughs> My name is Mike Rignetta. I am your GM, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Rignetta. You can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at Fun City Ventures. This episode of Float City was recorded at various locations around Brooklyn, New York, and Los Angeles, California. It was edited by Sam Grant and produced and sound designed by me, Mike Rignetta. When Pixel Riffs says, computer off, computer listens. Fun City's music is by Sam Tyndall, with tracks by Will Savino and Burrow Bound. Our art is by Tess Stone and Ethan Gould. Our Discord mods are Olivia Gulen, Kelly McHugh, and Kit Pulliam. And the voice of Artemis is Molly Templeton. <laughs>